Hey everyone, this is Ken from Neon Goldfish. In this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast, Justin and I explore specific questions you should ask when hiring a website designer. This is often challenging for a lot of business owners because they just don't know the right questions to ask or what to look for to help them weed out the bad from the good and the good from the exceptional. We dive into areas that you should focus on to make sure you can tell the difference between someone that's going to give you the website you envision rather than someone that might turn your project into a nightmare. Accompanying this episode is a downloadable PDF that covers all the major areas we touch on and a worksheet you can use while interviewing each website designer to make sure you hit all the main points. This PDF can be found in the show notes at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. We hope our conversation will give you the knowledge and confidence in choosing the right person or company for your next website project. Enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Justin and Ken with The End Noise. How we doing everyone? Today, we are going to discuss some helpful tips on what to look for when hiring a web designer. Ken, how's it going over there today? It is going fabulous today. I'm kind of excited to talk about this topic of going through the process of hiring a website designer because it's not an easy one for the average business owner. It is not. No, no. I mean, think about some of the the bad experiences that we uh, we we hear when we get the, that first meeting. Justin, oof, my website disappeared. Where did it go, Ken? Where did it go? Right. Oh, like the one that well, they that was being worked on. It's there. There's no longer good there. Yeah. No, I mean, it just happens often, too, too, too often. People come and, you know, I've had my website. It's been developed. It's been getting developed for, oh, I don't know, 9, 10, 12 months. And, you know, we thought it was something that was going to take five, six weeks. And, sure. you know, how often it's when that you got braces and the braces are off, right? <laughs> <laughs> too often. Um, you know that you get that often you 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 hear the you know my uh, the updates they they just never happen and you know um, I can't find the person that has my domain anymore just how it, we hear it all the time sure or my my favorite is when someone had something built um, they paid for or they thought they were getting an apple and the designer thought that they were quoting an orange and delivered an orange and sure the person looking for the apple right this communication just all communication uh you'll get the uh the call about uh my seo everything everything we thought that our our website was gonna show up on page one page two once we had our website developed and you know it's on page 30 sure. they just thought that the website being live and present was going to uh lead to search engine exposure which isn't it's just not the case no no not at all not anymore and so what we want to talk about today is is how will they know if the person how how they're going to find out if the person they choose is the right one um sure so for the sake of conversation today i think that we want to uh we should we should talk about the different types of sources a business owner could go to for getting a website now the the first platforms the do it yourself platforms, um, you have the Wix, the uh, Squarespace. What are a couple of the others, Justin? Uh, Wix and Squarespace are the big ones. Um, Shopify, GoDaddy. Shopify, GoDaddy's got one. You know, I mean, these are these are platforms that are are positioned for somebody that 
they don't have, they've got a lower budget or they want to do it themselves. Um, you know, somebody that's got some time on their hands that they can actually take care of this stuff uh, by themselves. Sure. Sure. And they're in their lower cost platforms. Uh, so you're basically exchanging uh, your time and learning the platform and doing it yourself for yeah. that, that cheaper cost. Sure. And the other two are freelancers and website companies or digital agencies. And we're going to, for the, the sake of this conversation, we're going to focus on these, these, the latter two here. Uh, freelancers, they're going to be single individuals. Um, they range from being very experienced to uh, right out of the gates, bought a book <laughs> at Barnes & Noble last week, and uh, they read it, and now they're a website designer. But there's a there's a, a mixture of of there's some very good ones out there. I'd love to have workforce here at Neon Goldfish. Absolutely. So I think it's important to identify the sources that a business owner can go to for a website. There's three in particular that uh, I want to talk about real quick. Uh, the first is the do-it-yourself platforms. They're going to be the Wix, the Squarespaces, the GoDaddies, the Shopify's. These low-cost platforms that you can go to and actually build your own website from one of their templates. Uh, the others are freelancer um, the individuals that uh, build websites for for companies, and the third is a website company or a digital agency. And so we're going to concentrate on the latter two because the do-it-yourself platforms really don't apply here. And we're going to go ahead and discuss uh, about eleven different areas that uh, will help identify. We have uh, some some point topics that will help identify uh, some proper questions to ask to make sure that you're making the right choice when you're looking at uh, a new website designer. So let's get started with process, Justin. Yeah, let's dive in. I think, uh, I think processes is definitely a good starting point. Um, you know, do you think it's important to have processes in place? Do I, I absolutely think yes. The, the importance of a process really tells a couple things here. Um, obviously if they have a process in place, it shows that they've have some organization and yep. structure in their company as far as is is how I see things. Um, so I, I think a great question just to start off with is asking them, do you have a process? All right. So let's um let's let's get into some things to consider. I think that uh processes is a great starting point. Um, you know, what do you think, Ken? Is is it important to have processes in place? Well, absolutely. I think that uh a process is going to show organization. It's going to show structure. Um, not having a process would be a little bit alarming, don't you think? I mean, I agree. I think the having a process shows me, or it allows me to uh, understand. Or if you're asking this to someone, it shows that they've done this before. That they have an established methodology that that's going to say after this step, we're going to do this. We're going step. to go to this, right? Correct. And so you as a business owner, uh, you're not going to know what's the first step or the second step or the third step. That's why you're yeah. hiring a web designer, right? Absolutely. And so uh, relying on their expertise and, and, and knowing and trusting that they have an established process, they're going to be your guide through this process. Um, it's important. And, and so point blank, ask them, what is your process? From start to finish, you know, how would you feel about going in and actually seeing, you know, can I stop in next week and, you know, just see what your process is like, see how your staff works. 
um, I feel that, you know, a hands-on experience there would be, you know, extremely helpful to be able to understand how your project's going to take place. Absolutely. And, and, and that wouldn't be a horrible, uh, angle to go. I mean, you think about that, you can, you can see the operation. I mean, if you were going to, if you were a, a manufacturer and you were having, uh, uh, a fabricator build a part for you, you'd want to go see sure. how, especially if you're going to spend, uh, you know, a hundred, hundred thousand dollars on a particular, uh, a piece of equipment being built, you'd want to check out their facilities and see now, you know, websites can cost a hundred, hundred thousand dollars and something along right. those lines, but, um, you still want to check out and see what that, that operation looks like. So, so getting a glimpse and if, if it doesn't, uh, if they are a freelancer, let's say, and they don't have an office, they work from their home, um, having them identify, outline the process and, and, and show how those steps are going to go, um, along the way is, is, is super important. Yeah. I would say, uh, next, uh, in line, which is just as important in the process is, uh, your communication throughout the project and sure. understanding how you're going to communicate with each other. Um, you know, what's the best method to contact each other during the project? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, are, is it, is, are, are we going to exchange phone calls? Are we going to sure. have uh, emails? All, all yeah, is it going to be emails? Are we going to have all face to face meetings, or will they be virtual meetings on Skype? Or understanding how that that goes and that plays into the process throughout the process. You know, step mm-hmm. one, we have a project kickoff meeting, and then I'm never going to see you again until the project launches. <laughs> right. So just understanding the mode of communication, and then additionally, do they have any tools that? will be involved in the communication of your project. You know, at Neon Goldfish, we use a project management platform called Teamwork, which mm-hmm. is similar to a very popular Basecamp, uh, which we used to use. <clears throat> and I couldn't imagine running a project here at Neon Goldfish without the Teamwork platform. It would be extremely difficult in order to do so. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, what happens when you're not available, when the person that your main contact, he's no longer available. How do I, how do I have somebody else solve my problem? Sure. Is there a way for me to send a message or a phone call? Do you have a support system set up? Um, if you have, uh, you know, if you've got a project management platform in place, uh, it makes it just that much easier to be able to communicate with the rest of the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. In that, that platform, that project management platform, uh, it, uh, it helps do a lot. It keeps a collective, uh, log of, of all conversations, uh, which tasks are needed to be done, the files involved. But I think more importantly, it, it also helps establish and keep track of our next topic, which is timelines, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And so timelines themselves are, are important to have, right? It's extremely important to have. I mean, let's look back at our, you know, the reason that people call us, um, you know, why, 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 why is my website taking so long? If, you know, if you've got timelines established, then, you know, it eliminates some of those problems that people are having initially um, when, when, when they contact us. Oh, sure. And, and being followed. Let's, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, timelines are, sure. are needed, but um, yeah, the, the timelines themselves being established and and followed um are what happens when when a timeline's missed sure sure absolutely and uh what uh what's the protocol there in in 
when you establish these timelines, how realistic are they? Because, all right, Justin, I mean, (laughs) we've had websites take, uh, we've done in quick turnarounds and we've had them take long, long, long periods of time because the clients disappear. But uh, where do they go? Do they go on vacation? Right, exactly. But we look at timelines that are established. Sometimes projects end up being out of scope on a timeline. And then how is that managed? You know, what, right. what is, because let's face it, uh, business owners are, are busy running and operating their business while they want sure. a website developed. Um, it's not their, their top priority oftentimes. And if they're managing that prog- project themselves, uh, it, it very easily could come to a point where the project requires their attention and, and they're not around. And so, how are timelines managed? How are timelines established? Or or the web designer could get out of scope as well and they get too busy right. or unfortunately they do disappear. Um, but, you know, you got to you got to look at these timelines and, and really try to adhere, uh, identify and adhere to them. Because you think about the cost of, of what a missed timeline costs, either the, the, the client or the, the business owner that, that's uh, having the website built uh, mm-hmm. or what it costs. The agency, they're the the freelancer that's building the site. So timelines are important for both parties uh, to be established and, and followed. Um, Completely agree. Make sure you've got your established timelines in place before you start your project. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what about guarantees? Um, you know, we... Uh, we didn't get what we agreed upon when we started our project. Um, you know, is it, is that something that I should be concerned about if a company doesn't have any type of guarantee? Yeah. I mean, you can look at, I don't think that every company you come across is going to have a a guarantee. Um, some will, some won't. It's I think good to ask if they do, or at least bring that conversation up and say, Hey, what happens if we, don't accomplish you know you mm-hmm. don't deliver what what we agreed upon or are you going to stand behind your work exactly i mean at neon goldfish what's our guarantee it's it's we're going to keep working on your until project. you're satisfied until you're 100 satisfied and right in while you know this well, that's not really a, a a guarantee you know it's it's not the the applebee's you know we'll have your lunch in 30 minutes or it's free no it's not that but we're standing behind our work. We're going to guarantee that your satisfaction is, is achieved. And so it could be something yeah. as simple as that, or it could be if a timeline's missed, um, it, you get something's reflected and exactly, in the end. Exactly. It's yep. a 10% yep. discount or, yep. and that may be yeah. something that you agree upon in the contract. The guarantee right. is, and then, so it's, it's worth asking and exploring what type of guarantees or how confident they are, because a guarantee is going to, Show them, you know, either they're going to cower and uh, kind of hide from the, the question or they're going to maybe puff their chest out a little bit. And be like, I'm very proud of my work and you have no you'll you'll see the confidence level and yeah. get a good feeling from from that as well. All right. So let's get into skill set. Um, you know, what if I'm a company and I come to you and I want an e-commerce website developed and I just simply don't know what type of skill set should be required in order to do so? Sure. So that's a tough one because a lot of times this is where we venture into the technical world 
and where I think some of the lingo comes up that the average business owner might be intimidated they're by, they're just not familiar yeah. with it. And, and I don't think mm-hmm. that they need to understand what uh, exact coding languages are going to be used. But I think that it's important that they know the person they're hiring is experienced and skilled and the needed. Sure. Uh, it's not going to be something that's going to be coming out of a box. Exactly. So what are some options there or some things that you'd have to, uh, to there's some threats there or some things to look out as, is the, the wannabe developers, like you just said, Justin, the things that come out mm-hmm. of a box, there's a lot of prepackaged, you know, directories in a box or, uh, you know, you got some e-commerce in a box, which I'm not gonna say they're bad because you think of some of the platforms we use like WordPress and Magento to build e-commerce they're, platforms. They're already developed. They're open source foundationally, but you have to be skilled in 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 developing in development to to turn those and make those turn those into good looking websites and make them do what you want them to do, right? Sure. So it's important to ask the person that you're working with what experience they have, what platforms they use, what coding languages they're experienced with, who's doing the coding. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on that a little well, bit more important. in a second. But the purpose and understanding and really feeling confident that they have the skill set they need is so that your project is going to be in good hands and moves along on a, on a, on a good yeah. basis. When I touched on that real quick on who's going to be doing the coding, um, I was referencing the the next item I want to bring up is the use of subcontractors. And so subcontractors, they're not necessarily bad, are they, Justin? <laughs> they're not particularly bad, but um, I don't know if they ha- they just get a bad name in in our business or not. Um, you know, we use subcontractors for a lot of the uh, the different items that we're not. We're, we're just not experts at we're we're not experts at, uh, at at video and audio and stuff along those lines. So there's uh, there's a great need for using subcontractors. Sure, sure, absolutely, and I, I think it fills the void. In where I think the use of subcontractors should be brought up because you need to understand from the person who's doing the work. Who's doing the work? Is is it being done in house? Is it being subcontracted? How much of it? Be, yep. How much is is being outsourced? Absolutely, absolutely. Because if it's the core components of your project, then you have to ask this question. What happens when... What happens when I need to get something fixed? Exactly, down the road. Because after the project's all said and done, things will likely break. Sure. Could they not? Sure. But there are going to be things that happen. There's going to be hiccups that happen. And Mm -hmm. use of subcontractors makes that a little bit more challenging to get fixes uh, done after the fact. Because at that point, everyone's been paid the money's been handed out and yep. let's go back to the guarantee let's say that the person you worked with has a guarantee i'll stand behind my work great i need you to stand behind your work because who's gonna pay for that there's a bug there <laughs> now who's gonna pay for that they're gonna give you resistance because they got to pull money out of their pocket yeah. to get that fixed from the subcontractor and so um again use of subcontractors aren't bad especially for for certain skill sets that uh, maybe you don't have on your team or you don't possess yourself uh, but uh, know, know in advance how heavily used subcontractors are going to be and ask what happens down the road when we do have an issue and it's three months post-launch. Yeah. Something I'm, I'm getting a, an error on my site. How does that get fixed and what does that cost me? And, and if it's uh, – yeah, that, that could happen and it's going to cost you X amount of dollars an hour. Um, 
you may say, okay, that's not a problem. You know, I'm willing to pay for that maintenance or that ongoing upgrades. They may say our guarantees will stand behind our work for six months. And after that, we're so just know the answers to all these questions in advance so that you don't get to that point and you get upset and there's finger pointing, right? Exactly. All right. Let's talk a little bit about portfolios. Um, is having a strong portfolio important? Oh, yeah. I think so. I, I mean, talk. What what makes a, a what? Do, why do you think a portfolio is important, though, Justin? Or why do you think the strong portfolio is important? Well, I think that you know, if if you've got a project in mind that you're you're looking to get developed, and you go to company X Y Z, and maybe they don't have anything that's similar to your project in their portfolio, you know, does that raise red flags? Is it a concern? Or um, you know, at what point do you you know? I don't know. It, it, I mean, do you think that is a red flag? It it may or may not be. It depends. I mean, if they if if you're looking for it on their website before you contact them, they might just choose not to have their portfolio there. I mean, we did that for a sure. long time. We said, "Hey, we don't want to list our portfolio. We don't want to show who our clients." <laughs> I don't think are. That, I don't think that we updated it for about two well, years. That, that's so. probably the case too. But at any rate, um, you you can ask them for examples of their work as well, though. And I think it's important yeah. to ask for because you want to see what their best work is. And if, if they're, you know, you're looking for an e-commerce site to be developed and they don't have one they've developed and des- right. and developed to show you, or if uh, some of their websites look like uh, some of the sites you designed back in the late nineties, Justin, uh, <laughs> not to say your design skills were bad back then and they were above par. Hey. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I do know that some of those sites are still live and and doing well. I'm sure that they are. I'm sure that they are. <laughs> we'll have to do a lookout. Uh, maybe we'll uh, tweet us at Neon Goldfish uh, if you can find any of Justin's <laughs> you can find. circa 1999 websites uh, out there. I love it. <laughs> Fun stuff. So with the portfolio, uh, yeah, definitely uh, ask them for for some examples of their work. And then to follow up with that, references. So ask them for examples of their work. Huge area. Well, let's talk about references. References are are huge. Um, I think that – We never get asked for references. It's so – it's just – it doesn't happen. And I think that that's an area that, um, you know, people are missing out on. You've got the opportunity to speak directly to individuals that have done work with this company. You can ask them, you know, pretty much any other question that that you're you're still concerned about. And um, if they've just recently worked with that company, who better to talk to than somebody that uh, you know has their experience? Sure. And and you might be thinking references. That's fine, but nobody's going to give a bad reference. But yeah, I agree. Here's the thing, though. I mean, it's like it's like a testimony. We put a bad testimony on our website. But here, but here's an example that I recently had that I'd like to share. I like to, or I began over the last year or so, been asking our clients when we're doing the the website training after the, the project's kind of been built and uh, pretty much in its its state that is going to live uh, on the web. We're doing website training. I always ask them at the end of the training what neon goldfish could have done better during the process of the project build in this particular instance i thought we crushed it i thought that we knocked the ball out of the park that we answered and attended to every want and need that this client had and they're like well we're kind of disappointed with you know uh not not be giving enough 
instruction on during the product upload. We felt like at the beginning we didn't quite know what to do. And I'm oh my oh my oh my gosh, I wouldn't even guess. I would have never guessed. And, ask, and, right? and they and they seemed very happy. They're like, hey, well, they even recommended us to one of their vendors already at this point. So I'm thinking myself, I assumed I had a great reference and a great report. Yeah. But until I asked, and, and the reason I bring the story up is these are the things that sometimes will be brought up when mm-hmm. from a reference yeah. when you call them directly and the person you're considering hiring isn't on the phone. You might get rave reviews, but you also might get a little bit of honesty of, hey, they're great, but uh, by the way, be sure this you, could have gone a little bit different. Yeah, you, be sure you press them on their guarantee because they can. And so asking for references is, uh, I think, an important thing that you could gain some real good insight on what uh, some from, from some of their perceived very best customers and ask them some really yeah. tough questions on, hey, what were what were the things that they did great and what were the things what did that they, do bad? They, they could have done better? Correct. Yeah. Bottom line, ask questions. Absolutely. All right. So um, the next big one is going to be cost, 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 cost. Uh, tiny gorilla um, in the room, right? How many times do we get through um, our presentation and, hey, everything looks great. However, man, that is really a lot more money than I thought it was going to be. Sure. And that happens, right? Yep. You're going to have, um, you know, it, it, it's just something that, you know, looking at the, the amount of cost of, of the project versus the actual value that you're going to be getting, right? Oh, sure. I mean, you got the argument cost versus value. And, you know, the, the old cliche, you get what you pay for does apply here. Um, but I think it's important to understand what you're paying for. Because right. if you're going to be evaluated, if you're going to evaluate multiple vendors, uh, understand what they bring to the table from a lot of the things we've already discussed and some of the things we're, that we'll still touch on. But thoroughly understanding, they're asking the right questions to really gauge what it is you're being charged for. Uh, because a lot of times the the actual cost at the end of the day doesn't include everything it should. Does it include the hosting? What do you mean? There's add-ons? Well, exactly. Come on. Well, There's not add-ons to projects. Sure, sure, sure. Come on. Imagine that, right? So think about this. All right. What's what's one of the biggest okay. cost pieces of, of projects we do? It's, it's content creation, right? Content creation. Huge. In, yes. In, big, 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 big costs. Include content creation in every one of our projects. Basic, to an extent. To an extent. I mean, but to for the for the for the main reason is business owners are busy and they need mm-hmm. help with creating that copy. Yep. So we've had instances, you know, another bad experience example of, yeah, they built me a website, but I had to write all the words for the pages and and add them at the yeah. end. They they basically built the shell. And and I'm, I asked, them, did you understand that that was going to be the case going into it or not? And it was one of those. Well, the price was cheap, and I said yes. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you look back, um, you know, uh, probably a couple of years ago. Copy creation for us wasn't wasn't really included either in the main price. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and so understanding everything that's involved in the project and understanding all the components that add up to that price will yeah. help you uh, better understand when when that price is revealed 
and you get the response of, oh, that's a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be, or, wow, that's sure. more than I anticipated. You're twice as much as the last person I talked to. Um, what about ongoing cost, Ken? Yeah, I mean, you, you think about uh, you need, like maintenance or marketing or things along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, it, there, that's the other thing that you want to touch on because uh, we're really focusing on the project cost of the build, but you know, not to uh, don't forget to, to to really ask questions too about hosting. Um, the website has to live somewhere so that it can be accessed through a browser by the general public. So, ask about hosting. Who's going to handle the hosting? Um, your web developer may insist that they host the site, and you may want to consider doing so, or you might choose to go to a hosting provider. Uh, like Bluehost or GoDaddy or Rackspace, or you know, there's thousands of them out there to choose from that are very low cost. Uh, understand what the costs are involved with that ongoing uh, marketing. If there's going to be search engine optimization or content creation, thing. that's an extra cost. <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. Uh, just having a website. Hey, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of companies that they, you know, they think that uh, that's not an extra cost, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's a common question we get asked, right? Is is when is search engine optimization included in the cost of the project, right? And right, and SEO is is if if you don't know this, um, SEO is not a one time thing; it's an ongoing process. I thought that all I had to do was update my page titles and my <laughs> meta tags. Back in the day, that's not that true word, anymore. Yeah, for for those for those. Circa 1999 websites that you have still <laughs> performing very well. <laughs> hey, they still show up in the surfs too. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, no, it, it's it understand all that's involved in if you if you aren't sure, ask. Right. So, speaking of the old, outdated methodology of SEO. Um, that kind of rolls into how important content is nowadays, don't you think? Uh, yeah, content is probably the most important King. component of the site. Have you ever heard that? Say that again. Content is king. Uh, content is king. Yes, that is a uh, that is another common uh, common uh, saying in the in the world. Uh, content is king. It does rule. It used to be one of those, uh, yeah, right. You know, I have good content. Now it's it's ever important. And so we talk sure. about you know SEO and how much content plays into the importance of sort of showing up well in the search engines. But really, content is even more important to your site visitors. Mm-hmm. It's not just the copy on your website, is it? I mean, there, there could be uh, video and you know, audio and stuff along those lines that it, it plays a big role in as well. Absolutely. No, I mean, the content doesn't just hold the form of text. There's, there's video, there's audio, uh, right. there's, there's animation, there's, there's photos, um, mm-hmm. graphics, illustrations, all that pulls together your message sure. and your message yep. needs to be consistent. And the importance of your message needs to be driven, uh, focused around who your, your target market is your buyer persona that that you want to uh speak to the site visitors right because where so many websites are lost is they gain traffic uh they work so hard to to build traffic to generate traffic Mm -hmm. to get to the website 
and the traffic disappears. How come I don't have any leads, Ken? Exactly. How come I don't have any leads? And that's because the content's poor and they don't have right. strong calls to action and, and conversion opportunities, things right. along those lines. So the content plays what much more important role than, than it ever did before. And I think we get so wrapped up in the design of the site, what the pixels yeah. are going to look like on the, on the, you know, on the mock-up. It, make it look special make, and have make pop, it pop right? and what is jazzy, it? Right? Make it pop. That's right. Hey, can you make it pop and get me leads at the same time? Is that possible? Oh, it is possible, right? <laughs> right. So, um, who, who's responsible for that content? Is that something that we're going to do or is that something the client's going to have to provide? That's the questions to ask and, and no one understand it is who yeah. is going to create that content. Um, sure. it asked if, if you want the, the web designer to create the content, get some examples of what their content's like, uh, ask what their experience is, who's going to write that content. You know, in the angle, mm-hmm. we, we do subcontract out a lot of content because we create a lot of content. So we, much of it. We have writers right. we've vetted that we, we do auditions for each client. Um, we, we want to make sure that they're, they understand who the client is, the buyer persona that we're targeting, the topics right. that we're writing about. So, Ask the questions of, of who's writing the content, and then if they are, then then how that process is going to go, uh, what's going to be involved. If it's going to be the the copy creation for the website itself, it's going to be ongoing blog posts. Is it going to be ghostwriters, or however you're right. going to go about that? But uh, just ask those questions. Uh, understand who and how that content is going to be created because it is important. Uh, and if content's not a focal point of the person that you're working with. You should probably uh, look in a different direction, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, if if they're not focused on the content, they're really focused on, you know, we're all, we all want great designs. We all want beautiful looking websites, but the message is what is going to make you make your website do what it's supposed to do: generate leads, educate, uh, all those those fun things. You know, brand your business better. The education or the the information that's on there is going to be the difference maker, right? You know, we've had uh, some other issues with content in the past with some some companies that you know we should probably address too is just the fact that you know you can't just go and grab stuff from the internet anymore there's copyright issues and you know make sure that the company is using a reliable source to gather your information that you're going to be putting on your website because guess what you're responsible for that in the end of the day not them so if, uh, you know, maybe they grabbed an image and put it on your website and they didn't pay for it, you know, sure. it, it happens and it's happened to us. So, um, just something to be. Yeah. Be sure. Yeah. Of. Be sure the content you create is unique. It's not copied and pasted from another website or yes, the, I, the biggest mistake with Justin's referencing is videos, photos, videos, photos. I mean, uh, photos are our big one right now. Uh, the rights yeah. to use of photos are plenty of royalty free stock photo sites. If, if the client, if you're, if you don't have your own photography, you can go mm. get stock photos. Uh, they're, they're fairly cheap and, uh, they may or may not be cheaper than the cost of doing a photo shoot. But uh, don't go it's, to Google and, and right-click and save yeah. image as and put it on your website because here's what's out there. Uh, there's companies that have software that crawls the web, and it works a lot like the fingerprint software that the police use where they yeah. recognize pixel combinations. And uh, they look and see, hey, we've matched up a photo we own. 
to yeah. this website over here and let's cross-reference that against our database. Oh, look, they don't have record of owning uh, a license for the use of this photo. Let's send them sure. a nasty letter. And it's it's a goof. I don't know if it's a scam. I don't know if it's legit. But they send a demand letter, something crazy like $1,600 per use of image. And <laughs> it would have cost you four dollars. It would have cost you four dollars to get the right dollars instead. And so you've got fifteen hundred ninety-six dollars going out to Getty Images. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, cool. Do I hire an attorney? That's going to cost me three grand to fight this. And you know, it's it's just no, a crazy, just crazy situation. Suck it up and pay right. it. So, uh, long story short, make sure your copy is strong, unique, uh, and is created for you. That the uh, the photos, the images, everything else used on your site, um, because that's going to make or break the total effectiveness of, of of your site, whatever whatever the goals that it might be. One hundred percent agree with you. Um, so good copy um, often leads to people finding your website. Yep. And uh, marketing. Um, how come I've got? 3,000 people that are coming to my website every single month and I get two form submissions. Is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, it is. Is I, it possible? It's very possible. I mean, you think about it. Does it happen a lot? Sure. I mean, you think about uh, building a store in the busiest uh, intersection in town and when you open the store, the shelves are empty and it looks uh, dusty and dirty in there. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's all appearance and, and the conversion. But integrating, you know, marketing integration is 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 super important. Uh, if you have a marketing strategy, uh, it's important to talk about that with the person you're mm-hmm. you're going to hire. Uh, are you going so to- would it be good to have that discussion while you're developing your website, before you're developing your website, or after? I think it's be- before is the I think the obvious choice there. I mean, understanding what is going to uh, What's going to be taking place after the site sure. launches? What type of marketing? Uh, because mm. consumers these days they're they're driven to doing their own research. And let's say you have a TV commercial yeah. out there, right? The TV commercial lasts thirty yeah. seconds, fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, sixty seconds, whatever, sure. depending on the spots that you buy. But your that shelf life is gone. You'd be silly not to drive mm. that traffic to your website and try to convert or at least tell your story more. And so yeah. setting up your website with that in mind is is important to all your other marketing efforts. Right. So would you would you say that generally your marketing would be included in your your initial design cost, website cost, or is it an add-on? No, that's definitely an add-on. I mean, uh, it, ongoing marketing has ongoing costs, ongoing labors. Uh, so okay. there's that that. This isn't anything that uh, that that's going to be included in the the initial cost of the build, um, but some of the things that you can consider being part of that that initial build cost is is uh, having landing pages, a template. Let's say you're working in WordPress, you're gonna have the the website designer says, "Hey, I'm I'm working in WordPress, and mm-hmm. what type of marketing do you like to do?" And your response is, "I have TV, radio campaigns. I like to do some paid yeah. search advertising." Hmm. They should set you so up. With I a should send page. people to a landing yes. page, and they should set you up with a landing page really? that you can edit and create and start brand new because you're going to get better conversions off that landing page than you would be driving that directly to your homepage. To a homepage, yeah. So I can't even begin to tell you how many times that I go and I click on an 
an AdWords campaign and that goes directly over to the index sure. page. Yeah. And then uh, it's the front door. You're like, okay, I was looking for something specific. Now, where do I go and, next? And you end up getting lost because you get distracted by something else on the way. No. Yeah. You definitely want to drive all your marketing efforts through a landing page. And in at the beginning of the project is the time to talk to the designer about yeah. these marketing efforts and how they can design the site, set the site up that you can best leverage further use and integrate your marketing. Um, you know, the additional marketing integration, you talk about marketing automation software, uh, things that can help capture and nurture leads from your website. Cause not everybody that comes sure. to your website is going to be ready to buy, to, to pick up the phone and call to fill out that contact us form. Mm-hmm. So having these nurture opportunities, you know, we're a, we're a HubSpot partner agency. We, we uh, like the, and prefer to use the HubSpot platform. We think it's a great marketing tool, marketing software tool that, that can help uh, uh, capture and nurture leads and better qualify customers or leads throughout to become your customers. Um, but but talk about these different options. Uh, understand, uh, talk about the marketing you're going to use and understand how that, that can be set up and integrated uh, into your site build. Very, very important. All right. Well, I think that um, we've covered quite a bit today. And, uh, you know, essentially um, what uh, we're hoping to do is, you know, make sure that you understand, you know, the details of your project, what to expect. Hopefully uh, some of the items that we've outlined today are going to be helpful with you while you're uh, considering who to choose for your next website design. Uh, hey Ken, do we have do we have notes yes. um, for today's podcast? Where are those where are those going to be located? You at? can get uh, the show notes by going to neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast, and we'll have all right an outline of everything we talked about, along with cool. uh, a downloadable ebook that covers these same topics, um, along with uh, the very end of that ebook is actually a worksheet. And the worksheet is meant to uh, be used during your vetting process, your interview process, just covering the points, making sure you don't miss anything. Take some notes on the worksheet. At the end, you can compare and contrast the different uh, folks that you talk to and hopefully uh, helps you make a a good sound decision. And uh, the things we talked about today will give you the the knowledge you need to, to make sure that you understand what to look for. Awesome. That sounds great. All right. Well, uh, you all have a great day. Until uh, until next time, this is uh, Justin and Cam with Neon Noise. Uh, have a great day. Take care.